Knowledge is the fuel that powers intelligent buying and selling. So get a quick recharge with me, Ron Edwards, Master Sommelier and Director of Wine Education for Winebow, Fine Wine, and Spirits. Welcome to WineSmart. Today we're going to talk about a subject near and dear to my heart, and that is the island of Santorini in Greece. Santorini is an island in the Aegean Sea. It's about 300 kilometers or 186 miles, whichever way you want to measure it, southeast of Athens. The current form of the island is actually the collapsed caldera of the eruption of Thera around, well, between 1500 and 1600 BCE. There's opinions on exactly when it happened. Nobody really knows. Thera was the name of the island when it was a Minoan trading outpost with luxurious homes fitted with hot and cold running water and indoor water closets. Imagine that, like 1600 years BCE. It was the nature of this outpost that likely gave rise to the idea that the legendary city of Atlantis was Thera prior to the volcanic eruption. Uh, It's probably just mythology, unlikely to be true perhaps, but it's a fun story. Volcanologists place this eruption among the largest within history and suggest that an amazing 24 cubic miles, 100 cubic kilometers, of rock was ejected during this explosion. That is four times the amount ejected by the enormous 1883 eruption of Krakatau in the Sunda Strait between Java and Sumatra. In the end though, 200 feet of volcanic ash and pumice covered the remaining bedrock of what was Thera, and that is the surface of Santorini today. Santorini is a unique place with a unique set of circumstances that form the way they do viticulture. The first major influence is the wind. The prevailing wind is the Etesian wind, which is essentially a trade wind. It's generated by clockwise spinning high pressure over the Balkans and counterclockwise spinning low pressure over Turkey. Those two sets of winds meet in the middle and amplify each other such that you get this dry, forceful trade wind that flows from north to south across the Aegean Sea and slams directly into Santorini. Those sustained winds range from 32 to 46 miles per hour. That's 51 to 74 kilometers per hour. That wind will strip the vine of its flowers, sandblast the grapes, and can even rip young vines right out of the ground if they are vertically trellised in the way we think of vineyards. The Kulura Kulura, K-O-U-L-O-U-R-A. Kulura was the answer. They couldn't fight the wind, so they trained the vines in these basket weaves, circular baskets at ground level, with the leaves growing over the center of the basket. Those baskets have an immediate effect of protecting the vine, but they also reduce crop yield immediately because any flowers that form, any clusters that try to form on the outside of the basket are immediately destroyed by the wind. The grapes can only form on the inside of the basket. The leaves cover the grapes and protect them from the sun. The basket itself protects the grapes from the sandblasting that can occur as the wind whips across those fairly desolate fields. And then the final thing that happens is about water retention. The basket with the leaf covering becomes a condensing agent for the mists, and and that's huge because it doesn't rain much on Santorini. So let's talk about those mists because that's the next major factor. Average rainfall on Santorini is 18 inches per year, 457 millimeters. 
but 4.6 of those 18 inches fall during the growing season. That's 117 millimeters. And that's from March to September. But in actuality, half of the 4.6 inches falls in March. What are we going to do the rest of the summer? So in the mornings, mist forms from the ocean and settles up into the island. And that mist condenses on the ground and on the vines and on the leaves. And inside of those Kulura baskets, it forms a, a humidity trap that then condenses this water and in drips and drops irrigates the vine. And that little bit of moisture is what the grapes survive on. The other thing that the mist does is it brings with it sea salt. Salt's dissolved in the water, it's evaporated in the air, becomes a mist, settles on the vines and the grapes, evaporates, leaves the salt behind. That salt ends up in the fermentation vats and is the cause of that noted salty, briny, savory nature of Santorini wines. The last key factor is the volcanic pumice and ash that is the soil. 200 feet of it, right? First major thing is that Phylloxera vestastrix, the grape louse that eats the roots and kills European grapevines, needs at least 5% clay in soil to move around and survive. Santorini, because it's pumice and ash, has 0% clay. So even if you dumped a bucket of Phylloxera vestastrix on top of a vine in Santorini, it wouldn't do any harm because it would still die before it could hurt the plant. That means that this island is a treasure trove. It's basically a living museum for vineyards. New plants are propagated by just burying a cane of the mother plant. The new cane grows a new plant. So it's the same beautiful genetic material. When the kulura, those baskets, become too bulky to work with, is somewhere around 25-30 years, they cut the basket off at the ground level. They take the basket and use it as a decoration on a wall somewhere. And from that ground level root base, the plant grows a new kulura. And so the top of the uh, vine that we see above ground might be 20 to 30 years old, but the root systems are often hundreds of years old. And in many cases, 400 years would be a minimum estimate for the root. That is amazing to me. Primary grapes that you'll find, Assyrtiko is 70% of the vineyards, and it should be. This is one of the more noble grape varieties the world has to offer us, especially in whites. And we're going to talk a little bit more about what to expect of it in just a moment. Another grape that is white and common is Aidani. Aidani. It's mostly kept around to blend with Assyrtiko. The third grape of note in the white wine department is Athiri. Athiri is now more common to be bottled on its own, but it's really primarily a blending grape with Assyrtiko. Assyrtiko has this amazing ability to withstand the harshness and dry and heat and the wind and all the things that make Santorini Santorini and still come out on the other side bright and fresh and zippy and rich. It has that beautiful combination of linear, refreshing pH, literally 3.1 to 2.9 pH. In other words, the same kind of pH you would see in Mosul Valley Riesling. The lower pH than you see in most Chablis. Just a smidge more an increase in pH from what you would expect in Great Champagne. Obviously very refreshing, but then it also has this rich, round, savory part. So Assyrtiko in and of itself is just absolutely amazing. But Aidani and Athiri are not quite as razor's edged, and so they blend them in 
to um, balance the wines off a little bit. In the red category, the major grape is Mandelaria. Mandelaria. And Mandelaria is about 20% of the vineyard area. The red grape with the most quality reputation, however, is Mavrotragano. Mavrotragano. But it's a small percentage. It's kind of been resurrected. There are, are about 30 more grapes grown on the island than what I've mentioned, and that's kind of a reduction. It was about 100 at the turn of the 20th century. The PDO of Santorini covers white wine, red wine, naturally sweet, fortified, and sweet. All right, well, how, how are those different? All right, first of all, dry whites. Dry whites have to be um, a minimum of 75% acirtico, with the rest being a theory and aidani. Then the red wines can be any of the red wine grapes from the island. If it's varietally labeled on the label, it follows the EU standard of 85%. What is naturally sweet? Well, those are wines that are harvested at high levels of sugar and turned into sweet wines. Then there is the fortified version where they're harvested at high levels of sugar and they add cipro, which is their version of mark. And the last is sweet, where they could raisinate grapes by air drying them, things like that. There's also a, a wine called nictiri, and nictiri is night harvested. It really means working through the night. And so the grapes have to be harvested before dawn, and the grapes have to be pressed and taken off the skins before the, the next day. So it's a 24-hour process. Normally, the grapes have to be riper than they would be for a traditional dry table wine, and often the wines are aged in oak barrels for an extended period, you know, two years sometimes or more. And then there is Vinsanto. Vinsanto is one of the greatest sweet wines the world has ever known. It is uh, made with Asirtico and Aidani, and the grapes are allowed to ripen then they are air dried in the sun, and then they those raisinated grapes are turned into sweet wine, which is then aged in barrel. Uh, minimum is two years, but in reality, it's extended long beyond that in the grape producers. It's very carefully topped up so that it just has the natural oxidation of being in, in barrel a long time. If you haven't had a Vinsanto, it is so worth your time and effort. So where do you start with Santorini in the modern world? If you want to, to turn people onto the island, if you want to turn yourself onto these wines, I would start with Santorini dry whites. They are remarkably elegant and, and edgy at the same time. You can buy both oaked versions and unoaked versions. And when the oaking is handled properly, like with Argyros, uh, the wines are magical. But do understand, from all the things I've said, wine is very difficult to grow on Santorini. And so we need to understand that Santorini wines, the more we like them, the more expensive they're going to become. But I consider them worth it. Very, very worth it. Check the show notes. There's a couple of things to find there. One is a link to a producer who makes great dry whites, dry reds, and amazing Vinsanto. The... Other is a link to a very, very good book on Greece called The Wines of Greece from Konstantinos Lasarakis, M.W.